Driven mofos, I wanted to mention something that means a lot to me. When I was younger, everyone doubted me and their doubts became my doubts. Their fears festered inside my mind and I hated myself as I knew I could do so much more in life. I just didn't know where to start and failure would reinforce what a loser I already believed I was. If it wasn't for listening to audios just like this, which I spent tens of thousands of dollars on, I would have probably ended it all. I know that there are so many people out there who feel this way and are holding themselves back from greatness. So if I could ask just one favor today, it would be that you share this podcast with just one person as it may make all the difference and start them on a new path. I mean, it's probably one of the greatest shortcuts for success, but most people don't know how to do it effectively, which is why they don't get the shortcuts. Welcome to The Underestimated Entrepreneur, where we talk about how to get the best out of yourself and how to build a life that you can't wait to get out of bed and live each day. This podcast is my attempt at documenting my journey, sharing my insights and what I've learned from being the private mindset and mental performance coach to some of the country's top athletes, rich listers, entrepreneurs, and running events for tens of thousands of people on how to better themselves and those around them. This is for those driven to achieve more in life, but are often underestimated by those around them. This podcast is my attempt at helping you prove your doubters wrong. Please enjoy. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about how to get good advice. I think that it's such an underrated skill and most people aren't taught how to do it, which is why the advice that they normally get is poor advice or it misses steps, which then means that it's harder to implement the advice that you're given. So let's talk about how to get good advice off of people and how to implement that so that it shortcuts your path to success. Driven Mofos, welcome back to another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. For those of you who don't know who I am, I'm Michael Mojo, founder of Mojo Human Performance Institute and Mojo Business Multiplier. The reason why I do these episodes is that most people waste their life and I just don't want you to be one of them. All right, let's talk about how to get good advice. Now, most people will be giving you advice. If you're listening to this podcast, you're a driven individual, hence why you're part of the Driven Mofo community here. I'm assuming that people will always give you advice. Now, some of it is unsolicited, some of it you'd ask for. But what I find is that most advice isn't the best advice. And it's not the best advice because normally there is a lack of clarity around, number one, what the problem is that you're trying to solve. Number two, it might be the steps that are needed to shortcut your way to success or achievement, or it just hasn't been spoken about effectively. And so there are a lot of people that'll be flicking through TikTok and someone says, hey, you should do this. This is how you should invest. And that person goes, oh, that sounds like a great idea. And then they go and invest, they lose all their money. This is what happened you know, recently in the crypto bubble. This is what's happened in the housing bubble. You know, People get this great advice, buy a house. Buying a house is the greatest investment that you ever make. A house is the best investment you ever have. Who's ever heard shit like this before? And then they gather all their money, they work their ass off. You've got these young couples out there, they're going out there and they're going into a bank or a mortgage broker. Mortgage broker looks at their money and their income and they go, oh, you're cool, you can take out $500,000 for a home. And so they go, excellent, what do we need? And they go, well, what we can do is we can put down the bare minimum deposit and $500,000 we can get you. Now they're getting $500,000 at a very low interest rate. So let's say it was like one point something percent. Then now all of a sudden they've gone out, they've got this house, great fucking advice. But now interest rates have gone up. Now they're paying three, three and a half percent or whatever. Who knows what it could go up to? It might go up 6%, we don't know. You've got these people now complaining and going, well, shit, I've bought this house. Supposedly it's the greatest investment. I wish I never bought this fucking thing. I can't afford anything. I can't go out with my friends. I can't live the lifestyle that I've had. I've got to cut all my costs. It's really impacting on my mental health. I feel like shit. This is the worst investment that we've ever had. This is the dumbest decision that I've ever made. You know, you'll start hearing stories like this. Why? Because if you ask shitty questions, you're probably going to get shitty advice. Also, if you listen to fucking dropkick nuggets, 
you're probably going to get <laughs> shitty advice. So you've got to listen to good advice and really think through what you're doing. And so I wanted to share how I normally go to people and ask for really good advice and why it makes a massive difference to do it effectively. So the first thing that we wanna do is we need to identify what problem we're trying to solve or what goal we're trying to move towards. That's like probably the most important thing. So let's say, let's go and use that example of the young couple. So the young couple now are looking at buying a home because mum and dad say a home's where you should put your money and a home's a great investment. And you've got all these other people in society saying, you know, buy a home, buy a home, buy a home. Now, the reason why most people say that is because it's been smashed into the general population that owning your own home is one of the greatest things you ever do. But that's not most people's best advice. That's shitty advice that has been given to us from first of all governments and also from banks. Now, why do banks keep telling everybody that the greatest investment you'll ever make is your home? Why is it that they smash that into the economy? Why is it that home ownership is all over the news and everywhere? It's sprayed onto us because it's in the bank's best interest to get you locked into a 30-year contract where they're gonna earn interest off you. It's not rocket science. So I learned this from a very young age. Like I didn't buy my first house until I was in my mid-30s. Why? Because I saw so many people struggling to pay bills. I watched my parents, when interest rates were high in the early 90s, I watched my parents, we could hardly even eat food. My mum used to go and shop at three to four different shops and use coupons and shit like that because we could hardly afford to eat so that they could pay the mortgage. So I grew up watching that and going, well, hang on, if home ownership is supposed to be this great mystical thing where it provides stability and it provides a great place for your family and all that, why is it that it fucked up my family to have this mortgage where we couldn't do half of the shit we wanted to do as a family you know like our holidays were like the most cheapest holidays now yeah we probably had some good times but it wasn't the best either like it was actually we went camping i remember in the middle of australia and it was so fucking hot like i couldn't even sleep i reckon i had sleep deprivation so for me it wasn't a holiday it was a nightmare and that was just because we couldn't afford anything else we just had to go sleeping in a tent my dad had this cheap little four-wheel drive and we used to go out into the middle of nowhere and and go camping and so on. Now, for some people, that's their dream. For me, that was my nightmare. But it was because of the pressure that was created from home ownership. So I looked at that and I went, well, hang on, maybe this isn't the smartest thing. And so I started asking effective questions. So number one, I started asking effective questions. Is home ownership really, really important? Is it important to me? For some people it is, for other people it's not. Some people just have FOMO and they think that if they don't have a home, they're not successful. But I made millions of dollars and still didn't own a home. And so some people out there go, oh yeah, he doesn't own a home. But at the same time, I still had a supercar. I was living in an amazing place where I could write off the whole thing or almost the whole thing on tax because we ran our business out of it and staff would come there. So we had this wicked home. It was like a six bedroom house and staff would come in there. So three quarters of the house was office spaces. And so we would turn the spare rooms into offices so then we could claim back the majority of the electricity bill, the gas bill and everything like that. And so I was living right on the beach, claiming the majority of stuff on tax. I had a nice car, we were able to live the lifestyle we wanted and I still didn't own a home. So the first thing we wanna do is we need to identify the goal that we're trying to achieve or the lifestyle that we're trying to achieve. We need to also identify what problem we're trying to solve. Now, if you're a business owner and you're trying to solve a problem and you're stressed out about something, we need to get really, really clear on the problem. Now, I think that most people don't know how to ask effective questions because they normally don't know how to identify the problem and clarify the problem, but they also don't know how to identify and clarify their goals and what they're trying to achieve. So because of that, they don't know the obstacle that they're trying to overcome or the direction that they're going in. 
Now, I always think about goals as being a direction that we're leading. So that creates our drive, it creates our direction, it creates our momentum. So we wanna have an effective goal. And then the problems are normally obstacles and barriers that are stopping us from getting what we want. So most of the time when it comes to getting good advice, we need to be really clear on the problem. Now, if I go to someone and I say, I'm stressed out, and someone goes, well, you really should deal with your stress. Okay, I asked a fucking shitty question. I wasn't clear on what was stressing me out. And so therefore someone gave me shitty advice. Now, that advice is probably good advice if they were just dealing with stress. But no one has asked the question, whether it's me or somebody else who's giving me advice, didn't ask, well, why are you stressed? What's causing the stress? How long has the stress been there for? What are the core triggers? So someone gives me advice, well, you know what? You need to relax a little bit more. You need to learn how to de-stress. Okay, great advice. But that doesn't solve the fucking problem that's stressing me out. So if someone asks those better questions, so why are you stressed? What's stressing you out? How long have you been stressed for? Well, what's stressing me out is staff. I've got staff issues and that's stressing me out. Okay, how long have those staff issues been stressing you out for? Are staff issues a consistent stressor? Well, yes, they are. It's been stressing me out for 10 years. Okay, so what do you think the real problem is with that? Well, staff just do whatever they want. We're not getting the results that we want in our business. Okay, so let me clarify. Okay, so you've been stressed out for about 10 years with staff and this has been like an ongoing sort of thing where it comes and goes and so on. Yes. Okay, what's the strategy that you use to manage staff? Like, do you set effective goals? Do you have proper management procedures? Do you have proper operations? Can I ask you right now to bring up all the information about what your staff are effectively working on and are they all working towards a common objective? The person says no. Okay, so what they need is they need effective planning and proper operations within their business so that then they're not stressed out. Can you see how one piece of advice is, you know what, you just need to stress less and maybe work on your stress levels. Okay, that's one piece of advice. That's the shitty advice because we never really clarified what is causing the stress in the first place. If we can figure out the cause of the stress, then we can resolve it. Most people don't resolve the cause of problems or the cause of whatever's going on. They deal with the superficial shit. And I've spoken about this before. If you look at grass and outside I go, my grass is dead and someone goes, you should just water it. Okay, that's cool. That's a great idea. Or someone could come along and say, hey, you can just spray paint that shit green and it looks green. Well, that's great also. But is that really the problem? Okay, there might be other problems, like maybe the soil's shitty. Maybe there's no fertilizer or maybe there's no like nutrients in the soil and so it can't grow. Maybe there's some sort of beetles that keep eating away all the roots. What's normally happening is it's below the surface level. Most problems happen below the surface and they're not the superficial shit that's going on. So if you wanna get good advice, you have to dive into the root level, the deeper level and go below the surface to try to figure out what the actual problem is or what the barrier is so that then you can give effective advice or get effective advice. You also need to know the direction that you're heading. So you need to know what the ideal outcome is. If not, then you need to resolve that issue. So now we've got the long-term solution or the goal that we're heading towards or the objective, we also have the barrier and the obstacle. We've clarified both of those things. So now what we need to do is we can ask effective questions. So in order to get good advice, we need to ask effective questions. So let's say I have already self-analyzed that in my business, I don't have a good strategy for managing staff and for knowing effectively what they're working on and to make sure that they're on track. So now I can go and ask effective questions. So I might go to someone else who I know who's another business owner who has a good operating business. And I might say to them, hey, look, how do you manage your staff? I would love to be able to see the operating systems that you use with all the task trackers and everything like that. So you know everything that's going on with your team. 
Is that something that you utilize and is that something that you would be able to run me through and show me? Now, by doing that, that's a lot better advice than you need to manage your stress. Well, no shit, I need to manage my stress better. Both of them are advice and both of them are probably half decent advice, but one of them is gonna get me way better results than the other one. Okay, managing my stress is one thing, it's good advice, but it's very general. The other one is actually solving a real core problem that is making me stressed out. So we have to ask effective questions. Now, when I'm going to someone to ask for advice, I've normally dug down deep enough in order to find out what the real root issue is. And now I'm going to someone who has either already achieved the result that I want, or there's someone who's an expert in a certain field that can help me to solve that issue or that problem. Or there's someone who can help me fast track my results because they have achieved the goal or they understand the goal and what it takes to get there. So I'm gonna ask some effective questions to gather information, which then helps me to either overcome the objective, solve the problem, or move faster towards my goals. Okay, that's what we're looking at doing. Hi, Driven Mofos. You're probably aware that I've been working flat out on our social media presence to try to expand our community of Driven Mofos globally. I've been posting tons of free content to keep you inspired, driven, and working towards your goals. So if you haven't already followed and subscribed to all my social media channels, please make sure you do so as I post different content on different platforms. The links are available in the description of this podcast down below. The other thing that you want to do, so that's step one is ask effective questions. Actually, sorry, step one is really identify what you really are looking for. You've got to really define that first. Then we're going to ask effective questions of the person who we're taking advice from. The third thing that we want to do is we want to ask them questions like, what would you do if you were in my shoes at my level? Because what can happen is that sometimes you'll get the advice of someone who has achieved the outcome but they're at a completely different level. So if I go to a business owner and I go, look, I'm stressed out. Like if I went to a, a large corporate business operations person and I said, okay, so what would you do to solve the current problem that I have with the operations in my business? They're gonna give me advice from a large organization and their position in that large organization in most cases. By doing that, I'm gonna try and shortcut and jump a whole bunch of obstacles, which I'm probably not ready for yet. And that's just gonna create a whole bunch more chaos. I'll give you an example of this. I've hired people before in the past who have been managers and they've managed large businesses. Then they come into our business and after six months, I've had to fire them. And I've fired them because the speed of implementation that they're used to operating at is completely different. So in our business, we move extremely fast and we get shit done quick. And you've got to get your hands dirty. So every day I'm getting in and doing tasks and achieving things and, and I'm getting the work done. And same as Jess and same as everyone who works for us. But if you're used to working in a large organization, you might have two months to project plan. And then after two months, you call together your team, you talk through ideas, and that takes another month in order to put together the strategy and the implementables. So you're already three months in. Then from there, you start executing. Then you've got to have team meetings all the time. And so it might take six to eight months to achieve an objective in a task or achieve an outcome. Now, in a small business, you might need to do that in four weeks. So they just can't operate at the speed at which a small business operates at. Small business owners operate fast. Things have to move quick because if not, you run out of cash very rapidly. Whereas in a large corporate business with huge budgets, they tend to move a lot slower. People tend to just sort of be in more cruise mode, even though they'll say they stress. If you take them and you put them in a fast moving small business, they just melt down. They cannot move at the pace that you're used to operating at. So it's not that they can't do the job, it's just they're used to doing the job in a large corporate not in a small business. So the reason why I normally ask somebody, if you're in my shoes at my level with the problem that I have now, what would you do? Because that's normally going to help with the advice that you get. 
versus someone who is at a completely different level giving you that advice from their perspective at that level. So if someone came to me now and they said, what's your best advice for business? Well, is it at my level? Is it a large scale business? Is it at someone who's just in startup because they're completely different? And I find that most of the time when people ask for advice, they're asking generic advice from the wisdom that the person's at now and the knowledge that they have now, not from what they would do if they're in your position now. So if someone came to me and they said, you know, I'm gonna start a business, I wanna do what you do as a coach, my advice to them at their level would be completely different than my level. Okay, it'd be completely different. Okay, because I have to start from the bottom. Sometimes if you go to a health expert and you say, what would you do? And they're like, oh, you just need to clean up your diet and you just need to eat these different types of food and do all that. Well, that's great, but they forget all the struggles they went through mentally and emotionally having to start from the bottom and work up. So if you're gonna change your diet, you're probably gonna fuck it up a lot. You're probably gonna make a lot of mistakes. You probably don't realize how much your sleeping patterns influence your diet. You probably don't know how stress influences your diet. So there's probably a whole bunch of stuff that you need to work through before you get to. You know what I would do? I would just cut out carbs, count my calories every day. Pretty fucking simple. There you go, weight loss achieved. That's someone who has probably been doing it for years. Like a professional bodybuilder knows what to eat, they can work out the macronutrients off the top of their head. They know the calories. They're used to eating that stuff. They've been doing it for years. But they forgot all the challenges that they went through at the start. That's why you need to ask them, what would you do if you're in my shoes with a problem that I have now at my level? Then from there, you get the proper advice that you can probably implement more effectively versus advice from an expert who's gone through all the torture to get there. Now, they can still shortcut the path. Like I know that when I started cleaning up my diet when I was younger, one of the hardest things that I had to do was to just cut out foods that made me feel like shit. But I kept a food journal for like probably a year. And I just noticed if I eat this food, I bloat. If I eat this food, I feel like shit. If I eat this food, I feel good. And so I kept that journal, which gave me a good insight into my diet. Whereas now, if someone just asked me like, what would you do? I would say, well, first of all, I would just cut out gluten. You know, I probably wouldn't eat too much dairy. Like that doesn't work for me. I find it doesn't work for most people. Just cut it out. That's completely different advice if you're giving it to someone who is starting at scratch. They know nothing about their health. They're completely disconnected from the way that their body works. They've got to start with the basic stuff. So step number one, we've got to clarify what the goal or what the objective is and what the problem is and the advice that we need. Then we need to ask effective questions to the other person or to ourselves in order to really define the actual core problem or the core goal that we're working towards, and also what solutions we need from that individual. So sometimes I'll ask an expert, I'll say, look, what would you do in this situation? And they would tell me, and I'm like, ah, there's still a gap there. There's something that I don't know. There's something that I can't quite wrap my head around. So I will try and ask another question in order to solve that issue. I even find this sometimes with people that I'm around. They'll ask me questions and I answer it and I watch their head almost seem puzzled. And so I ask them, what do you feel stuck with or where's the gap? I find that most people will take advice, but it's not advice that gives them clarity. Unless you have absolute clarity on execution or you have absolute clarity on the problem or the resolution or whatever you're looking for, keep asking questions. I sometimes do this with my team. They will say, what do you want me to do? I give them you know, what I want and then I watch them look puzzled and I go, where are you stuck? And then I ask them, they're afraid to ask me the questions because they feel like that after they leave that they'll figure it out. If you're around an expert, don't wait until you leave in order to figure it out and put the jigsaw puzzle together. There's something that's missing, so ask some questions until you get absolute clarity. Once you've got absolute clarity, then you know that you can execute something effectively. 
So don't leave gaps in your own mind when you're around experts or when you're asking for advice. You need to get clarity and you need to know the steps of execution. You should know that once I leave here, I'm gonna to guarantee to hit those results. Or if not, I'm gonna be further down the track. There's nothing worse than giving someone advice and then they start and two days later, everything's falling apart. And it's normally because there's something that came up that they were really unaware of and it blindsided them. And a lot of the time, it's because they think that they're gonna figure it out. So they get a little bit of advice and then they think I'll figure it out afterwards. Or I need some time to think through this and I need time to piece the jigsaw puzzle together. Well, you shouldn't do that. That's why you have an expert there. The expert will piece the jigsaw puzzle together for you. So make sure you get everything clear in your head before you leave that conversation. So we're gonna ask effective questions, step two. And then number three, you're gonna ask them, what would you do in my shoes with the problem that I have in my situation? so that then they bring themselves back down to the level that you're at to give you the right advice for your level or the stage that you're at versus the expert level that they're playing at now because the advice might be completely different. You can't jump steps. You normally have to work through them. You've normally got to take those steps effectively. And should you do that, you'll shortcut the time anyway. You've just got to take those steps. Okay. I think the difference is sometimes when you're taking steps, you're taking a lot of steps but you're walking in the wrong direction and you're going all through the back streets and you get lost. Whereas when you've got an expert, you're still taking all the steps that you need to take, but you're just taking them in the right order so you can get to where you're going faster. I think most people, when they don't ask for good advice, they tend to try to jump steps or they'll read a book or they look at a TikTok or they'll watch a YouTube video and they don't realize that someone's giving you advice that's causing you to jump steps. If you jump steps, everything will fall down around you and you'll fall back into a hole and you'll have to go back to the start again in order to take those steps. You normally need to learn what you need to learn in order to get where you need to get. You can give a person a million bucks and they can watch all the YouTube videos on money and they can still lose that million dollars. Why? Because they haven't learned what they've needed to learn in order to not only hold on to and maintain that money, but also to grow that wealth. Normally, if you've started from the bottom and you start with no money and you've got to learn how to make money and you learn how to keep creating wealth, also how to maintain wealth, then normally you'll keep holding onto it and you'll grow it. You might go down a little bit, but you, then you'll grow again. We don't wanna jump steps. That's why you need to ask that third question. I hope that helps. I have been asked a few times also about this question of how to ask good advice. I also see my team doing it sometimes where I'll be in front of them or Jess will be in front of them or experts will be in front of them and they just don't ask good questions or they don't really know what they're looking for. So therefore they can't ask good questions, which then means they can't get good advice. And sometimes the advice that they get is so shit They'll sometimes come to meetings and say things like, I think this will work. And I go, hang on, you didn't think through any of that. And it's just because they didn't run through that strategy as well. So I try to train them on it. It depends what area they work in. If they're in management, I tend to spend a lot of time training them on these things so they can ask good questions because it does help speed up the path to success. Anyway, Driven Mofos, I hope you've had a great week. If you haven't rated this podcast, let's get this baby to 100 five-star reviews on Spotify. We are only a few away now. If you haven't done so and you are listening to Spotify on the Spotify app on your mobile device, all you need to do is just click on the underestimated entrepreneur and you'll see it comes up with a five-star rating. All you need to do is just tap the little stars and you can give it your own rating. It takes two seconds. All I need is a few more people to give me that five-star rating. Then we crack 100 five-star reviews or 100 five-star ratings. So if you haven't already done so, please do so. I would much appreciate it. And I look forward to you joining me back here once again for another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. Take care. Keep driving hard. <laughs>